Welcome to Keeping Curious, the podcast that explores creative living through conversations with artists, designers and anyone in between. So whether you're just starting out, feeling stuck or a little lonely in the studio, I'm here to keep you company and keep you curious. Today I'm joined by my closest friend, Jen, who is the designer behind Moorhaven Bespoke and it's a really exciting part of her journey. She's just about to launch her website and release her creativity to the world. So I really want to get up to speed with how that's all going and the motivations behind this big life change. So welcome Jen. Hello. Hello. <laughs> how are you how are you doing? Where are we up to with Moorhaven? Okay, yeah, we're doing really good. Yeah. Yeah, we are I think this is my third going into my third month we're yeah. coming from concept all the way through to um, launching a website, hopefully uh, mid-October, that is the plan. Yeah. So very new project, very new, fresh ideas um, with a view to just releasing my creativity, really. So obviously, um, I'll put some links in the show notes about your work. Okay. But talk us through what Moorhaven is, what the inspiration behind it was. Okay. Moorhaven is a um, sourcing and restoring venture that looks at sort of early to mid-century furniture and sort of items for the interior in general. So I've got a real interest in lighting um, and other other quirky things that just tickle my fancy on my travels. Um, It is inspired by what I like really yeah that is where it comes from and I remember having an early conversation with yourself about (laughs) okay Paul so um this is what I want to do and but I don't know what my what my brand's gonna look like what's it gonna look like and I just remember you you know putting me at ease and saying Jen you are the brand what what you like is what you what you do best so I think just it, go with it yeah I think it's the only way that you can be a compass for your business is if you're absolutely true yeah. to whether you would be that client and whether you would buy it yeah and I think yeah. the other thing about what you wanted to do and in the really early stages when it was a bit uncertain it's really about creating something you could live with because if you can't find a buyer <laughs> just be surrounded by bits that you like exactly exactly um, so yeah, that's sort of where what Moorhaven is, um, and I've got loads of sort of aspirations for the for the business. At this point, it's very much um, me being creative, me um, putting out there what I love, and restoring and creating items that I feel that people will love for their own home. Um, I go for quality products, so. Um, you know names that have been around an awful long time um Ercole and g plan the um mid-century sort of yeah. stuff um i also like the sort of 20s 30s era of um a lot of english furniture actually um is Ercole english yes because i don't know yeah. much about kind of yeah. the furniture side yeah so um 1960s mm. was in their prime and um I I actually I found online you can find it easily but the the old 
um, catalogues of what they sold for oh, households amazing. back back in the sixties and seventies. Um, and I remember when I was doing a bit of research, that was that really inspired me to to just like this is quality products. Let's let's give it a new lease of life and let's give it the next seventy years because yeah. it's so well made that it will last that long. Mm, definitely. Um, so with the sort of that sort of era, what inspires me is the history that these pieces have got their own story to tell. Um, and I love a lot of it is about the shape. It's about the material that has been used. Um, the, yeah, I suppose the sixties style for me is just iconic and it just really inspires me. Um, and I just love the thought of taking it back, stripping it back to its basic form. Um, because over those years it's either might've been painted, it might've been re- recolored for for that time in in its life but i like to take it right back and then give it a more haven sparkle really um and like you said what what i would be happy putting it in my home Mm. um things from rustic and sort of the industrial sort of feel um all the way through to quite look luxury um big statement pieces that would sort of draw your eye to it in any sort of um in, interior mm. so have you always is it the furniture side or is it the interior side that first got you interested in this um so for the last sort of 10 years myself and my husband have been doing property renovation um and for, so from that really i've always had a real ins i'm inspired by space i want to make the best of a room, um, whatever features are there, I want to get them to be sent, take centre stage, um, and use what what you've got in front of you to, to as much as you can really. Um, so I suppose from that, um, you know, we, we always started on a budget when in our, in the early days it was very much, you know, working with a small small budget, so you needed to make that stretch. Um, you always um, have been a bargain queen. Yeah, it, it it it's not about spending the earth. Um, it's about buying quality and seeing potential. I think is a big yeah, thing. yeah. You're completely right. Um, so so from making a space work at its best, I suppose then the furniture and the accessories and the sort of history behind quality made products back mm. in the day. Um, it's just start my heart really um and it's it's gone from there so have you always been creative so if you'd have asked me that probably last year (laughs) um i'd be like okay so yeah i'm sort of creative but yeah you know i sort of put that away and i'm very much you know uh task driven but in the last over the last year i've realized how creative i am and how much I've sort of been putting that to a sa- aside for so long. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would say that I am really creative and I've sort of reignited that fire um, with Morehaven Bespoke. And it's just taken me from strength to strength since I've started listening to that intuition. And mm. actually, you need to be yourself here and you need to be pushing pushing for what you enjoy. What what puts a smile on your face, Jen? And yeah. this is what puts a smile on my face. and. 
it's just really exciting that I've I've listened. Yeah, really, I've it's listened. really exciting, and so yeah. many people don't listen. And I think that, well, I'll probably ask you the question before I give my answer. But <laughs> what does creativity mean to you? So, the word creativity just now recently for from the journey that I've gone through over the last 12 months really it just puts a smile on my face creativity to me means being myself yeah and being doing what I love listening to my gut listening to yeah just what makes me happy and um create the word creativity is a real has a real positive aura around it um so that the doing creativity would be making the you know making the best of something that's in front of me which might be um an old light um that that i've found it might be um, a piece of furniture it might be an actual space you know so um if i'm given a space to work with getting getting the best out of it um but it's it's going through that ideas phase the design phase the the development of those ideas seeing what works seeing what doesn't work working with other you know other people um if i'm working for a client getting getting their views of of what inspires them and making sure that that's in in the mix um it's a process i suppose creativity is for me but it's comes down to listening to your intuition Mm. because i was going to say that for me creativity is almost like the core and it's like the soul (laughs) in a way yeah because i think that what you were saying about when it's repressed yeah and you're not being true to yourself and you're not being able to express yourself and your position in the world because that's the only unique thing you have completely how much that can dim the light and and destroy you in a way yeah and i've definitely experienced that by trying to kind of live a life that's set out for other people mm-hmm. um and not do what i want to do has had massive negative effect and i suppose keeping curious is a way of trying to get as many people to tap into that yeah as possible because yeah. it doesn't matter what it is that inspires you and i think i really like your approach of kind of putting the more haven spin on something yeah and like working yeah. with what's in front of you not restricting yourself in any way to I just do chairs it's kind of like whatever challenge comes up yeah you can deal with it and that's it yeah you know if I whatever I see if if I get that gut oh I like that I've got I've got to get it I I don't know what I'm (laughs) gonna do with it yet but I love it and and that is historically what has worked the best that you've just gone on that gut made that leap and worked with you know what what your eye is drawn to yeah so when you talk about the Moorhaven look and obviously we've talked about it's very much your gut instinct about whether you like the shape or something calls to you from when you see the potential and it might be in a raw state or it might need some real love to make other people see the potential yeah do you have a kind of color palette or an approach or what makes it a Moorhaven piece do you think okay um, what I am drawn to is shape. So initially when I'm looking at items, um, something about its shape is is the initial thing that draws me in, um, whatever item it is. Um, then it's 
what it's made of. So it's the feel, it's the the sturdiness, it's the um, the core of of that item. Is it well made? Is it is it going to last the test of time? Um, but then color color and ha- the exterior of that piece of furniture. I'm drawn to sort of a dark, a darker palette, um, and I'm gener- generalising because I do do some lighter things, but generally a darker palette, but then with a hard-hitting um, paper or um, something that you would you would see from afar and it would strike you. Mm. Um, and so I suppose it's something that draws it in and, and actually you will remember it. It it won't fade into the background. You will remember either the quality um, of the material or the, the colour palette of the, the papers that I, I'm, yeah, I'll use. Definitely, because yeah. you've just invested in some really exciting papers. Yes, from House of Hackney. Yeah. Um, I'm really excited. It's, um, yeah, a really exciting colour palette that I've gone for. Um and it definitely will take centre stage yeah. um, once it's there. I can't wait to see those ones. <laughs> so, if we rewind it back a bit, we met at school. We did. But we didn't really know each other very well at school. So, how was your uh, experience of kind of art education and how did you start out? Did you intend to be a furniture designer? Was that ever in the picture way Maybe. back then? or? Yeah. So back, yeah. So I did. Um, looking back as a kid, I was always very creative. My dad was really creative, um, and he enabled that side of my personality. Um, I remember being in in the shed, and he'd make me Queen Nefertiti head out of wood, and then we'd <laughs> paint it as a as a six week project. That's so amazing. you know, we we really, I really got that vibe from him, um, and actually the love for period furniture Mm. Um, at the time I didn't really get it as a kid but looking back now yeah it had a big influence on my tastes Um, then coming through senior school I'm art was always my favorite subject and I I did it at a level um, and it was literally my therapy even even at that age it was it was a complete outlet um, you know stressful time in your life you're growing up you've got lots lots of um commitments around your your qualifications um but art a level took took over my life really if i wasn't doing any other subjects i was always in the art the classroom and yeah and you can relate to that as well i'm sure well that's one of the things that always kind of frustrated me with people that don't get art is a topic because so many people think of it as the dos subject and it was probably the topic that I spent the most time on. Completely. And it is all absorbing. And it was, especially back then, it, it was just my life. Like, yeah. any time I could be in school, I would be in the art room. Yeah, completely with it. I, I actually don't remember many of the classrooms in... No. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the no. science lab, but I think that's just because we had our form. <laughs> oh, yeah. In yeah, true. Yeah. True. Crazy. God, it feels like yesterday in some ways, doesn't it? Man? No, it feels but... like 100 years ago. <laughs> Um, but then funnily so I've always been very driven uh, personality wise um, 
And at that point, from from 18, I really chose the practical route to life. Um, I decided that I didn't want to go to uni um, and thought, okay, so what what am I going to do? And I joined the police. So I went from being a very creative person uh, to then into a very... um, formal um and um role with responsibilities and absolutely loved it in a different way and learnt loads and got loads of benefit out of um being in the police but from a creative point of view um it my outlet became quite limited um and i suppose outlet wise for creativity became into the um property renovation so I got an outlet in that way but not not um, intentionally that mm-hmm. it was very business focused it was um, you know com- making the most out of what we've got in front of us but not from a creative what I want to do with the project point no. of view it was what does the budget dictate what does what can we get for what we yeah. need to yeah yeah which I loved for its for its own benefits but at the time didn't you know and between then and now didn't really take into account how much that creative side of my personality was not being expressed Mm. yeah and I think it's one of those things that it finds a way of knocking on the door (laughs) yeah it really does it really does and and so um was in went in I was in the police for eight and a half years and ended up um working for uh, youth prevention um, and absolutely loved it you know got a lot of um, self-fulfillment out of that role Uh, ended up going into the training side of work the world um, in the police um, training people how to go and um, go into schools and talk to young people about uh, crime prevention Um, and then ended up in sort of um, a corporate role um, within training um, and very much went the corporate route um, up until up until now thinking that that is has always been what I want to do um, it's it's definitely been where I've been aiming um, and from that point of view I'm really I was really happy with where I'm at now mm. um, and You've just discovered an outlet. Yeah, and yeah. Seeing where it goes. It's just, I suppose, over the last six months, um, creating More Haven has just balanced out my um, my needs. I suppose my my intu- my intuition has, has said, okay, you now need to listen to this part of your brain because <laughs> you're not going to be happy if you don't have that outlet. Yeah. Um. So since I've started listening to that, has been the best three months of, of um, my life I would I really feel like I've found um, my passion found what I meant to be went to be doing so it sounds like you've been through quite a journey and I know that you read a lot of books to help you as well and because yeah. you recommend really good ones to me um, what would you say has been the best advice that you've had kind of guide you and get you where you are so i um actually i'm still i'm i've taken part in a coaching program that from license to live jen yeah. and live 
lead, lead um, called the GLOW programme. And the best, I suppose the turning point for me was have doing a core value session with Jen Lid, um, outlining what truly matters to me. And the biggest thing that I've taken away from that is listening to my gut, listening mm. to my intuition, trusting your intuition, which is another thing, and going with your intuition um, and seeing where it'll take you. Um, and also um, considering independent thought and trusting independent thought. So never really occurred to me before, but you mentioned around doing things that you feel that you should do or yes. doing things for other people because that's what you do. Um, and just having having a, a, a recheck of myself, okay, so if, if I find myself thinking about, okay, so what might someone else think about that decision? Just having, pulling myself back and thinking, no, Jen, what do you think? What, what do you think is the best route for you? Yeah. Um, so listening to independent thought has been a, a real conscious revelation, which I've, mm. it's not that I didn't think, listen I think it was more just Other having voices were louder yeah and just having a conscious check in yourself um okay are you making this decision for external reasons here or is this because you truly want to go that route mm. um and having that has just built me from strength to strength and and just running running with it really which is really exciting one of the things that I always think of um with you in particular, because you always used to say it was about how do you eat an elephant? Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's my my mom's saying, and I do stick to that definitely. Yeah, one bite at a time. It's very true, and yeah, just deal with the stuff that's in front of you now, um, and you will get through it. Mm. <laughs> you will get through that elephant. <laughs> um, not that I'd ever want to eat an elephant, but no. um, yeah, figure yeah. of speech. Figure of speech. <laughs> Yeah, it's just about putting one foot in front of the other and, it really and working is. out which is the best direction for that moment. Yeah, and before you know it, you look back and you're like, "Wow, I've I've done a lot of steps in the last uh, few months." You know, yeah. it's, and just keep going, bit at a time. So, obviously, it's kind of rapidly expanded so far, and you're kind of picking up momentum and going somewhere, and we're not quite sure where it's going have you got a benchmark that you'd like to get to or are you literally we're just feeling it out and we're just doing tomorrow um so i i have aspirations as to where where i'd like it to be so um i haven't necessarily got a set time scale but i would love it to be to become a um, service that i provide to clients um, whether that be individuals or uh, interior designers, and they come to me and say, "Right, Jen, I've, you've got, um, or we've got a five, five rooms, and I want some um, three statement pieces, this many um, chairs. We've got um, lounge chairs. We've got this, this, and this. We've got uh, this many lights that we need." They they give me a, a specification, they give me a budget, and then I, I run with it and I go yeah. and I go and find those items, I restore them, 
um, use local services to assist with the sort of um, upholstery side of things. Um, and um, yeah, just grow strength from strength to strength from there, really. So would your kind of dream perfect client be someone that gives you an open book and gives you that room and says, I just want a wow piece, and then you get to go and find it? Or would you quite like a client where you go into like an old manor house and they've got the perfect item and then you need to restore it? I'd love to do both, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Uh, because you get you get different benefits from both. So the first one, you I'd be able to express my um, brand on, yeah. on someone um, and onto a onto room or rooms. Um, but then the other one, I'd love to be able to give a new life to that piece that someone wants to restore to mm. their taste. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, I, I could go with both of them. <laughs> both in the park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, what's your current kind of workshop setup at the moment? Okay, so um, we renovated a property in Somerset and we moved in in December. And it was an old cob house that um, we did a sort of double story extension around. Um, it's set in some land with um, sort of a double story garage. And unfortunately for my husband, it was his garage, um, but has been rapidly taken over and <laughs> has now officially become my workshop. Sorry, Kev. Yeah, apologies for that. But, um, <laughs> he's been really understanding about it. And luckily he hasn't got any uh, motor toys at the moment to take up the room. So it has. So I'm really lucky to have a sort of uh, 20 square metre um, white-walled garage to do my work in. And then upstairs I've got a storage area. Um, and I'm so lucky that I've got um, a herd of female pregnant cows at the moment <laughs> with a massive bullock in, in there as well. And um, uh, so that's to one side and then I've got a cornfield to the other side. Um, so it doesn't get much better than the setup that I've got at the minute. I was going to say, yeah, I was going to say, do you have a dream setup? But yours is pretty idyllic. <laughs> it is really. Um, I suppose long term, if, you know, um, if I've got anyone working within Moorhaven, then I would like stay very much in the country. I just love that vibe that you, you get. I find that very inspiring in itself. Um, but this is whether I'd need bigger place for people to to come and work but for now it's pretty damn perfect good yeah no I can't wait to see it all set up and kind of in your overalls that's it that's it <laughs> so if we've got the perfect setup yeah what is your perfect day wow okay I like to add in that you can go anywhere in the country or world without having to kind of dot around you lose wow. all travel time okay you can spend the whole day in your somerset studio if you want to but yeah that i'd be quite happy with that where if, would you if want to time travel wasn't an issue yes i'd probably love to work wake up in delhi in oh, okay. india time early yeah this is uh, it's just beautiful when the sun comes up in india so i'd probably go dawn 
Wow. Um, yeah. I wouldn't want to do that every day, Mark, but, <laughs> but just for this One day, day, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, wake up and just get that that feel, that vibe of of how amazing that city is. I just I did fall in love with with that place. Um, then probably quickly to um, yeah, where are you having breakfast? Oh, see, I'm not a big foodie, so okay. I'm not that fussed. I obviously I'm just am because grab... I, I need to find out everyone's food tastes. Yeah, I'd just grab something. I won't be that first. An Indian snack? Mm. Croissant? For, for, yeah, croissant for breakfast. Okay. I, could do, I could do Indian from lunchtime. Okay, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then probably the Taj Mahal for some inspiration. Yeah. Go and have a wander around there because that's a pretty damn amazing place. And I, I, I've been there once and I, it, I really got an in, inspirational feel there and I've, I want to go back. Mm. I definitely want to go back because I got a lot from that place. Um, then, once I'm all inspired and feeling at one with myself, I'd uh, probably get back to the Somerset Somerset levels. Go for a little walk, maybe. Okay. I'm very inspired by places. I do get the feel. Um, just get me in the right zone. And then, then it would be listening to the cows moving in the background um having a podcast keeping curious yeah. on in the background <laughs> obviously um and getting on with it getting yeah. on with some restoration um and again time time wise this probably wouldn't happen because i'd probably spend the whole day there but um i'd then get get back in the um office and and get on my laptop and do some social media and and um, talking to some clients maybe um, and then winding down and spending the evening with my hubby yeah yeah I think Sounds that's nice. a pretty damn perfect we wish day. we had uh, time travel so I know. we could make that happen it's a bit of a mixture but yeah. <laughs> I like it <laughs> so you mentioned kind of using social media yeah um, and obviously there's a big element of doing any of these projects where you de- do need to kind of be your own marketeer and your own brand and everything how are you finding setting that up and do you enjoy that process or is it something that you kind of have to do with you okay um so when I first started that side of things I was it was a it was a real I wouldn't go as far as fear but it was a daunting task to think about how you even start um, you know, keep kept thinking. You know, on on such a small um, venture, what what am I going to look like to others? Um, but I quickly learned that the the best way to battle anything is to just do it, mm. do it, just develop it, move it forward, and you will get there. Um, and now I love it. Yeah. I absolutely love it, and I've actually got to be. Um, I've got to constrain my time on social media because I just get engulfed in it. Um, I love um, researching other artists that are doing the same thing I, and designers, seeing what seeing what's happening in the industry, seeing you know, seeing how I how I fit into that world, um, potentially what other artists I can collaborate with. Um, I just find it again that's another inspiring part mm. part of it um and i've, I've actually um, just 
booked myself onto the Decorex um, event in September um, just to go and see what's happening in the industry. It's okay. an interior like design show. Yeah, interior design show in London um, as part of the um, sort of festival that's going on in London. Um, so really excited for that. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping to go to the Bristol Female Entrepreneurs event as well yeah. in October. Um, again, to just get inspired by other females that are doing their thing um, as an entrepreneur, which which I'm really excited about as well. So Yeah, I'm um, have to join you on that one. Yeah, you're very welcome. <laughs> very welcome. Um, but yeah, I, I'm... So it's not... Definitely not a chore for me. Um, I love that learning process. I've never made... I've never built a website in my life. Um, but there are the tools out there that are helping me do it, are helping me shape my own business. Um, I'm using Sally um, from I Do Invites to design my logos and design my um, sort of stationary side of things for when, when things are sent um, on freight. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving that new learning process because mm, I, I just think it's a really interesting thing to kind of expand upon for a little bit because when I was talking to Fee um, she was saying about how she actually enjoyed the um, photography side and that would help inspire her be when she was having an off day ah, so okay, if she yeah, felt like it wasn't going so well at the wheel yeah she then would take her finished products that she was pleased with and photograph them and then she'd suddenly get excited about it again and that would so give her true. motivation yeah. to go back in and I thought that was a really interesting way of thinking about it because I think a lot of people get kind of writer's block, artist block yeah. um, and everyone has off days so I think it's a really kind of interesting way that people can use it. It's true and I suppose it's being kind to yourself as well if you're finding yourself struggling with something that's straight in front of you don't put the pressure on, just change your task. Yeah change your task and um and run with it as long as you're being productive towards that wider goal why not and um you're keeping yourself motivated then as well yeah and you're also you're, you're starting a business so there is hundreds of tasks if you're exactly. finding one and you feel like you're smacking your head against a wall yeah. there's 10 million other tasks you could do that would still be that one step a day yeah. to get you where you want to go well if we're going to mention fee i think yeah. it's only fair that we do the rock and chair test Okay. Because um, she made me do this one when I did my solo episode. And I okay. think it's actually a really good thing to kind of put yourself in the mindset of. Um, it's kind of got a slightly negative element. <laughs> because it was a difficult one for me to answer. So I'm interested to see what your answer okay. would be. But it's essentially, if you're a wizened old lady and sitting in your rocking chair and mm-hmm. you're looking back on your life, what would you regret not doing? What would I regret not doing? So I've got another sort of mantra in my life and that is very much about not regretting anything. So I, throughout my life, I've always very much pushed myself to do things very much so I just don't regret but I suppose something that's like again recently came out that actually I, I would potentially regret not listening to my intuition earlier yeah and not giving myself that creative space that creative time um 
the last 10 years has been a very busy time for, for myself and my husband and um, I haven't made space. So that I suppose that, that would be mm. a potential regret. Um, but very much, if you can give it a positive spin, that by not doing it has actually kick-started something really exciting yeah. for the next 10 years. So. Yeah, definitely. I think the point of that exercise is to recognise what is a potential regret. So if it is to not listen to your gut, then it's... But, blam, you're right in the present moment and you've got a chance to change that and yeah. to live every day from now on yeah. listening to yourself. And that's why I think it's such a powerful tool. Yeah. Um, because as what came out from when I did mine was not doing it sooner. Yeah. So which if, is similar. Yeah, which the, is similar. Yeah, and it's kind of yeah. like if my regret is not doing it sooner and I'm back in my body right now and I'm not that old lady, then I have to do it now. Yes, exactly. It stops yeah. you putting it off because yeah. that's what you'll regret. It's very true. Obviously, that you've discovered your love of furniture design and the reclaim techniques. If someone else was interested in doing that, have you got any tips for them? Or is it a kind of learn-as-you-go process and there isn't a set way? Okay. As in the furniture renovations? Mm. I suppose it comes back to... What are you naturally drawn to? Because everyone will have a slightly different take on early to mid-century furniture. Um, so, yeah, find out what your eye is drawn to. Go with it. Follow it. I suppose it comes, you know, the, the basics around um, checking some things. Um, you know, if you're talking about a side table, making sure that it's sturdy, making sure that you know all the it's joints, functional. the yeah. physicality of it is sound, um, and you know whether it's you know if it's got legs, making sure that all four of them are on a on a level floor. And so, I mean, thing you know you can you can fix those things, but it helps yeah yourself if if it's sound to start with. Um, have you ever had any disasters I've had learning curves <laughs> learning experiences yeah and it has helped having a uh, property renovate or builder as a husband that's got a lot of tools um, to rectify things um, you know things that people you know people sell you things if you buy things in an auction and you can't see the back legs, for example. One might be taped on that I've had <laughs> in that the happened? past. Yeah. Um, so it's, yeah, been a real learning curve as in making sure that sound carcass is there in the mm. first place. Or if it's not, just knowing how to fix it and mm. get it get it right. Um, so I suppose, yeah, just... Having having the tools or someone that can assist you with that side of things, um, you know, having a planer is really helpful. Having having all the sort of the glues and the treat sort of the woodworm treatment going, making sure that when you strip it right back, you are sealing it to live out the next hundred years of its life potentially. Um, so, how have you learned all of that? Because 
I like my vintage yeah. furniture yeah. and I would never know to well I'd know to kind of sand it down and then repaint it but I wouldn't know that the worming techniques uh, and things like that is it just experience or are you YouTubing yeah. or have you got books how, a bit have you of learned I suppose a lot of things I've learned from property renovation yeah of course because for example the, the woodworm and all of that sort of stuff you you need to know about your roof your roof space and um we've had issues with roofs and beams and we, that we've had to seal and, and treat and seal so it's a similar theory around furniture um but yeah you're totally right if i don't know something um i youtube it youtube it yeah i think youtube's brilliant it really is um and or kev again or kev's friends or some some contacts that we've got um will will give us the advice that we need um a lot of the materials we we've got experience in using so we know what works well what to avoid what gives a nice finish yeah um you know when it comes down to the paints um and the glues and the um strippers and that sort of stuff so yeah down to experience but by all means we've got technology out there that everything is at the at our palm so use it yeah yeah very much so so where do you get your inspiration obviously earlier when we kind of talked about your creative day india obviously had a big impact yeah. on you yeah and you said about nature having an impact on you but if you really are having a blah day and it's not working what can you do to kind of fire you up what is it that works for you submersing myself in other people's passions so getting on it instagram getting on pinterest getting into people's websites seeing how other people do it what what floats other people's boats and listening to people that are getting inspired about their own work that inspires me Mm. does it have to be related to what you like because i find sometimes i like just talking to passionate people yeah and it doesn't really matter what their passion yeah. is because sometimes when it's too close to what you want to do and you're not feeling great, yeah. I find sometimes you're like, mm, I won't bother. Yeah, no, it does, you're right, it doesn't have to be furniture yeah. related. Um, I suppose a lot, of, a lot of what inspires me is people talking about creativity mm. in any kind of guise. If they're talking about accounts or <laughs> passionately about accounts or passionately about yeah. something that doesn't really I can't relate to then it wouldn't do it mm. but you're right if it's if I can relate to it but it's not what I want to do then that's perfect yeah 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 definitely I think so so who's been your constant kind of inspirational person in your life I, it's it's got to be Kev Aww. it has it has got to be Kev he is so um, my other half he we've been together 14 years next year so we've got our 10 year wedding anniversary coming up next year um, and we have together we have achieved so much um, he is relentless he is he <laughs> is a workaholic he has the work the like the best work ethic you will ever um, come across, probably at his detriment, mm. very much so. But I've learned so much from him. We work so well as a team. He is always there for me. 
he is my biggest cheerleader and he, he just wants what's best for me and and yeah just the way he conducts his life inspires me yeah very much so um and i'm very lucky to have him yeah we're lucky to know him he's a good guy <laughs> so are you is he supporting you with more heaven yeah very much so yeah yeah and for even if it is taking over his uh, <laughs> man cave i'm sure he can get he that uh yeah, he, he says about it, but then secretly then he's like, oh, have you seen this um, this piece that we might be able to buy? And he'll, he'll uh, point pieces in, in my direction, so he can't hate it that much. No. And were you... So obviously you've had an amazing support network since you met Kev. Yeah. And it said you said that you had a great kind of relationship with your dad and creativity. Yeah. Were you supported, were you encouraged to be creative? To be honest, it wasn't really on the radar. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't It wasn't a physical thing that we would actually talk about. Um, yeah. I suppose, I mean, um, I suppose a big influence in my life is my mum. She is my best friend. She, we get on famously. Um, mum's not particularly creative, if, if there was a yeah um, a ter- you know a, a generalization of that term, um, and to be honest, I hadn't really pinpointed that it was a, a physical thing that I needed to consider, so I suppose it wasn't mm. particularly sub- um, encouraged. Yeah, yeah. Because do you think that people are creative or not creative? Or do you think they've just not found an outlet yet? I think everyone's creative in... They've got a passion. You know, what's the definition of creativity? But if you're passionate about something and you are being innovative in that environment, surely that you're being creative. Mm. You know, So I say my mum's not creative, but if you give her a problem to solve... That's she will be, the, yeah, she'll find creative and innovative ways to overcome that problem. Mm. So, yeah, it depends how you look at it, really. Mm, definitely. Because I think that it's, it kind of puts people in different camps, but I think it's interesting what you were saying earlier about being authentic and trusting your gut. And I think there's a lot of people that maybe go with the flow of society norms without realising. Yeah. And I think that it's not necessarily that they're not creative, but I think they just do what is kind of expected of them. Completely. And I think... I think one of my struggles has been kind of knowing I want to get that part of me out. Mm and not having an outlet for it. So for me, it it baffles me sometimes when people don't have that desire because it's so strong in me mm. that I don't get how everyone isn't just going a little bit insane if they haven't got it. It doesn't have to be the same way that they express it, Yeah. but how they can be happy not doing anything, not putting their mark on the world. Yeah, but does it come back to listening? Because if you're not, 
if you're not necessarily being conscious about how you are feeling or true or if you're if you're not listening to that side of you you i didn't know that i wasn't listening if you see what i mean until that light bulb moment of okay i'm getting anxious what you know why and then you it takes time to unravel yeah why you're feeling a certain way i Mm. suppose so um it just might be that they haven't unraveled it yet yeah. Or consciously. Although that tightly woven that it's not unravelling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because there's, there's so many layers to life and to where you're living on your scale. Mm. Um, you you might think you're at the top of your scale, but actually there might be another layer that, that you don't yet know about. Mm. I suppose. Which um, book have you read or listened to? Because I know you listen to audiobooks as well. Which ones have like inspired you the most, or you'd recommend? Um, so, I suppose the one that instantly comes to me is—I know you've mentioned it before—but the um, Entrepreneur Revolution. Oh yeah, it's just amazing. Everyone needs to read that. Yeah, um, I really—I learned loads from that. It sort of opened a lot of doors in my mind around you—you you the can. You know, you can actually do this and um, society is now enabling you to make a go of this independently. Um, so I love, love that book. Um, and I'm desperately trying to remember the name of Nasty Girl. Oh, yeah. Nasty Girl. Nasty Girl. I've listened to What's her podcast. Name? I can't remember. I'm so bad with names. Yeah. Um, We'll find it. Yeah, yeah, we'll find it. We'll put it in the show notes. I haven't got my phone. Um, Um, Yeah, she's a really interesting person because she's got a podcast that is talking to other kind of. She's the one that does like hashtag girl boss. Yes. Yeah. Um, And she talks to other kind of inspiring women and how they start. Yes. And I suppose I I could really um, relate to her story because it was starting on the ground um very much going sourcing your sourcing the vintage clothes going with what she loved yeah um branding them up with how she did the photography and the design and and the selling on on ebay where it started um going all the way up to um a massive massive company being a ceo um and just 100% 100% girl power I just loved, loved that book yeah and I've listened to it a couple of times I can't believe I can't remember I, I do love <laughs> and I know that it's kind of a bit of a cliche but I do love a rags to riches story I do love when people know what they've come from yeah um, and they've not necessarily been given the opportunities but they've just gone and made them completely yeah. for themselves and everything being against them in a way yeah and just going no I'm going to do this just gets opens that door again, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah. The other one I was recommended by um, Jen and Lid was um, the Power of Vulnerability. Brené Brown. Brené Brown. Yeah. Um, that that was really insightful. Um, I like her. I've not listened. I've, I've listened to things of her, but I've not read any of her books because they've okay. just put the Daring Greatly onto the book club. Okay. And I've not read that one either, so yeah. I'm going to check that one out. Yeah. Um, I know she, she does a 
her TED talks were, were amazing yeah. actually that that sort of got me into it um, but yeah just just how how powerful it is to overcome that step of putting yourself out there and being authentic being being the real you yeah no I I, I talked a little bit to Kerry about it um, I think vulnerability is a massive thing and I think that we all like to make out that everything's fine mm. uh, all the time yeah. and I think actually the real core relationships in life not just social media and all of that jazz yeah. um, happen when you kind of go actually I'm not okay I'm not okay <laughs> I might yeah. need a little bit of help or yeah. I need your advice and I think there's a big power in vulnerability in that sense and I think that it's not helpful to you to pretend that totally. you're strong when you're yeah. not. <laughs> and it, it just adds to that barrier, doesn't it? Mm. If, if you're not being authentic to yourself, then you're building that wall up. Mm. Um, and at some point, it's gonna it's got to come down. Yeah. But what will stand in its place, although it's a bit more fragile, is better. Completely, yeah. Mm. Completely. Brilliant. Perfect. Well, I think that kind of wraps it up, unless you've got any questions. Or anything that you'd like to kind of throw in the mix? Um, I suppose just my closing comment, really, was to be for anyone out there that's in a position where they, they're not feeling that they're being totally fulfilled and that they need to do something but they're not quite sure what and they might feel a little bit intimidated about you know putting that foot forward because it might be the wrong um, direction actually just go for it just make that step just baby steps and before you know it you'll look back and think god i'm glad i did that and um you know journeys take different turns and but you've got to be on that journey to to find out really um, and there's going to be exciting times ahead. Just keep ploughing on it. Love it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Keep on ploughing and be creative. That's it. That's it. Thank you very much, Jen. You're very welcome. <laughs> it's been lovely. So that was Jen. I absolutely love this conversation. I think we covered quite a lot of ground. And I think one of the most inspiring things that I took away from that conversation is how unexpected her creative journey has been I think it's always been there in the background and it's only in the last six months that she's really listened to that side of herself and the rewards that have come from that have been exponential and setting up more haven has literally given her an absolute new lease of life I think it's a really exciting time to check out her journey she hasn't even launched the website yet so you can check out everything on her Facebook and Instagram and they're beautiful I think you'll really enjoy them um, I'll be putting the links to when the website launches into the Facebook group so if you're not already part of that please join um, we post articles I'm now going to be posting a lot more content uh, this month I've also been in America so I will be writing up some travel reviews of the places that I visited if you're ever in that neck of the woods and you'd like to know kind of good places to eat or what kind of music we saw or reviews of the museums um, as ever I'll be as honest as possible so if that's useful for you let me know and if you do have a spare two minutes if you could leave a comment or a review on wherever you downloaded this podcast 
it would mean the world to me and it would help other people find the podcast too. Until next time, take care and keep curious.